Coming to you live from the Business Radio X studio, it's Franchise Marketing Radio. Brought to you by IDS, an award-winning digital marketing agency that delivers integrated marketing solutions for franchisers, franchisees, and franchise development teams. Learn why over 75 brands depend on IDS's team of dedicated marketers and client service professionals to deliver a strong ROI on their marketing investment. Go to IDSFranchiseMarketing.com for a complimentary digital audit and consultation. All right, everybody. It's always good to get started and have another episode of Franchise Marketing Radio. I want to thank my sponsor, IDS for that wonderful intro. Today's show is interesting. I have to say, it's, it's something I've been wanting to do for a while now. I've known of this brand for some time, been around for some time, and we're lucky enough to speak with them today. The brand is Farm Stores, and the gentleman we have with us is their VP of Business Development, and his name is Victor Arecha Valletta. His friends call him Victor A. So I hope I got his last name right there. But Victor, it's great to have you on the show. Hey, Rob. How are you? Great. Thanks for having me. Excellent. Excellent. Hey, listen, the the very first thing I I ask all my guests, one of the first things anyway, is how they landed where they are. Obviously, you're with Forum Stewards. You've been there, I think, a little more than a decade. Tell us a little bit about how that happened and what you're doing for them now. So I've been in uh, marketing and sales for well over 20 years, and I kind of ended up in the grocery business on the supply side for about a decade, developing brands and programs for distributors and retailers uh, regionally, nationally, and internationally. And I actually came to farm stores as a consultant to help them with their business development way back, yeah, a little bit over 10 years ago now. Wow. and they were reconfiguring the company and one thing led to another. We got into a buyout and the formation of a franchise company and away we went. That was back in 2015. And I was still on the sort of uh, uh, supply product and project development side. Somebody else was heading up franchise development at that time. And then we had some personnel changes and a shakeup, and I got the wonderful chance to take over franchise development in addition to what uh, the other stuff I was doing. And I got to tell you, I'll fall in love with this this part of the business, You know, being able to work with people that are looking to go into business for themselves, getting to understand franchising, the process and what it means uh, and how to succeed at it has really, really been wonderful. And that's really become my favorite part of the business now. I tell you, I I like it too. I got into franchising looking for the right brand and opportunity, kind of like you just described, and wound up being a consultant to do the very same thing. And so I did for a while enjoy that in the earlier part of my journey here in the franchise industry. But still, I touch that. You know, we all do. If we're in the sales and marketing side of franchising, it is fun to work with people and see them uh, make that. Maybe it is their first business, or maybe it's an additional one, but it's still fun to watch them learn and get involved and flourish from there. So with that being said, I wanted to dive in a little today and talk about the changes over the last few years, right? Oh, change. Wow. Is that is that a, a revolutionary concept? I don't think so. It's been quite a bit of change for all of us, especially in the business world. Tell us a little bit about farm stores in that transition. I know you guys are still, you know, came out of the, the pandemic 2021, 
really doing well. Uh, you know, still hitting lists like the franchise 500. Tell us a little bit about the learnings that came out of that and the innovation. Oh, it was, you know, to say it was a wild ride is a, a good bit of an understatement. You know, one of the things about us compared to a service brand, some of the other ones is we're a retailer and a neighborhood market at heart. So a really core part of our business is products and supply lines. And as everybody should be able to remember, you know, when the lockdowns happened and in, in, uh, going into the summer of 2020, boy, the, the shakeouts in, in the supply line world were uh, crazy. And all the restaurants got shut down. We were considered a, a vital business and we actually exploded during the lockdown, as you can imagine, you know, drive through only no contact neighborhood market. And we had all the restaurant uh, distributors, you know, Cisco, U.S. Food, Cheney, everybody else calling us because they were desperate to get rid of their perishable inventory. And we were one of the few outlets that were still up and running. And so we were just scrambling. I mean, those were 16-hour days for months on end, helping the franchisees source product. Everything had gone kind of sideways on us. So it was really much a, a question of... Um, getting into all these national supply chains, figuring out which products are applicable to us, getting in touch with these these suppliers and facilitating those supply chains into the stores. You know, we got to the point where uh, you couldn't buy a, a dozen eggs in a carton anymore. And we were taking these 30 packs of, of restaurant eggs that are sold on a big tray, 15 in a tray. And we were just putting those trays in plastic bags, grocery bags, and selling them out the door that way. It was really crazy. So that was really a huge learning experience with us and coordinating with the franchisees and really understanding what our role was as a franchisor. We came into this thinking, oh, you know, we're a brand. We've been around for 40 years. It's a system. It's a drive-through neighborhood market. And that was the experience that really taught us that our role is to be the back-end facilitators for our franchisees. I, I think maybe we'd been coasting a little bit on our brand before that. And that was a huge wake up, uh, everybody kicking in a high gear, make things happen. And that's really where I've come to see franchising now. I think people need to understand that about franchising. When you're a franchisee, you are the front end, sort of the public facing or customer facing part of it. You are very much an independent business owner. And to me, the franchisor's role is to be the back end, sort of the, the, the ghost corporation for the independent operator. And that's what we grew into. And that's what we became during the pandemic. And it was, you know, uh, learning while doing at an accelerated rate. It was really quite an experience. You know, coming out of that now, things have obviously settled down. There are still a lot of disruptions in the supply chains, but it's really leveled out a lot. The big thing now is, is inflation, obviously. Price changes as those work their way through the supply chains. You know, retailers, not just us, but, you know, all retailers are always getting squeezed by inflation. As the costs come up, retailers are always um, slow to increase their retail prices. They don't want to be seen as the, the guys that are leading the, the price increases. So retailers really always get squeezed. So now we're really looking into how do we increase efficiencies? How do we go out there and find the best pricing that we can? You know, we're not a giant chain, 46 stores right now. And, you know, we, we do have a good bit of leverage in that regard, but it's not the same thing as having 500 units out there. Um, right. So I, I've been doing this for 20 years, and that's, that's really one of my forte. So those are kind of the two hats that I wear around here is on the franchise development side 
and, and managing those supply chains and bringing people in. Um, uh, I, I guess in a sense, my, my, my role is to manage directions, relationships in all directions. Yeah. Well, I mean, and you're hitting on some, some key things that, you know, kind of, you kind of just casually mentioned, right? Like one is that your model, at least the, the legacy model, I know you're going to talk about some of the innovation and changes to your current model and the way you deliver it. But that, the legacy model was built for a pandemic, right? You're like, oh, yeah. who would have thought? Sure who would have thought, yeah. right? drive through and then and then of course the the phrase every week uh, when we have these types of conversations i think of being in business for yourself but not by yourself that whole slogan yeah. and mantra and and it's phrase. like it, it couldn't be more applicable to what you just described you you stepped up and did as a team and to think that an individual business owner might be and many god knows millions maybe uh, encountered that for a period of time where they had to be their own advocate or figure things out on their own, if uh, not part of a big corporation. But anyway, that's that's amazing, amazing story about the eggs too, right? Just make it happen. People don't care. <laughs> Just give me the eggs. That's great in a plastic bag, whatever works. So that's pretty amazing. But as you move forward now, right, as the VP of Business Development, I know Farm Stores has a goal uh, to continue to grow, obviously, and and I know that you have certain uh, goals for areas of the country where you believe, you know, it would be a good fit for you. And you, you take it very seriously about where you expand. So it's a careful growth process, but you still want to grow. And I know, I think I read somewhere, maybe on the website that you have a four figure, you know, thousand plus location someday, right? Type of goal throughout the country. And so tell me going in, and I read a study recently, um, uh, Deloitte and Touche, um, uh, study that just said that, you know, most CFOs today are more concerned about, probably more concerned with inflation than they are recession, but they're sort of tied together. But as you look at that as an executive and your team as well, what it, what is, is there one thing you're focused on? And maybe you hit on some of it, right? That you feel like, okay, we're going to have to button down and be ready for this change and help to help our franchisee. But is there, is there one thing you guys are all focused on to kind of get ready for uh, for what might come down the pike here in the coming months and years, yeah. So what you know, going into the pandemic, going into lockdowns, going through that year, year and a half, you know, business obviously boomed for us. And what I say is now we, we've got a little bit of a hangover, and getting these cost increases, not just in the supply chains, but also in real estate development, um, is turning out to be a really big challenge for us. So yeah. as, as we're looking to expand, you know, uh, our, our model historically uses a single purpose, standalone building to do its business. And, and now what we're finding is we, we had to go back and take a look at, okay, what really is it that a farm source is? And everybody thought of it in terms of the architecture, that double drive-through model that, that farm stores actually originated back in the late 1950s and early 1960s. You see it a lot now in some of the coffee concepts and others, and farm stores was actually the originator of that. And I'm not taking any credit for that because I wasn't even born then. But, um, you know, those rising development costs made us analyze and think, hey, what is it that we are at heart? And what we are is a neighborhood market. Somebody call, some people call us a convenience store, and that's okay. We fit that definition, but I prefer the phrase neighborhood market. And you can put a neighborhood market in many different locations and don't necessarily have to have that double drive-through. If you think of urban areas, a lot of apartments, condos, office buildings, you know, just the, the, the stereotypical corner store that you think of in a big city, 
is one model that we can use. We can do end caps on the end of um, a small strip center, say a neighborhood strip center, take an end cap space there, wrap a drive through around the side of it. So it'll be a single drive through with a walk-in component going into it. And as we're heading into the, the recession now, what we're doing is really crunching data on the products that are in the stores, figuring out, again, not, just not being quite so experimental, which is in our DNA. Unlike you know, some of the other franchises, we like to give our franchisees room to really make them neighborhood markets. We believe that when we say it. We open the door to them and say, please come to us. If you have an idea for something that fits the model, that is more local or regional that we haven't done before, please bring it to us. Whether it's, you know, biscuits in the South or uh, crumb, pizza crumb up in Long Island, uh, different things, please bring them to us or we'll consider them. And now it's time to really start analyzing all that data that we've built up over the years and saying, okay, which are the products that truly and truly belong in these stores and which ones don't? Because we don't want to see the franchisees spending time, energy, and money on sourcing and stocking products that really aren't delivering an ROI for them. And let's get back down to those snacks. Let's get back down to those fresh beverages, those fresh bakery snacks that we're so well known for. And when it comes to the groceries, which is really where you're going to see a, a, a really radical shift here in the next few years, let's stick to the core products. This, this is the way I always explain it to everybody. What a farm store should have inside of it is the products that cannot wait for your Saturday morning supermarket run. They're the ones that if you run out of them on a Tuesday night, you got to get in the car and go get them. So what's that been historically? Milk, sliced bread, eggs, coffee, sugar, toilet paper. Yes, you know, you run out of that, you're going to need some right now. And we're the most convenient alternative when it comes to that. So rather than driving down to Walmart or Publix or Winn-Dixie or whatever, you know, and having to park or walk across the parking lot and go through the whole thing, just pop over to us and get that. But what we've really been bringing up is that those fresh products, fresh beverages and fresh bakery products that those stores can't do in the way that we can do. And that's really sort of become our signature now. So that we, we do still do the groceries, focusing on the staple items, and we're really ramping up hard on the fresh beverages and the fresh bakery products to give people, you know, a hot, fresh alternative that they can't get at the typical supermarket. And what's going to happen yeah. now is, yeah, I mean, listen, I, I just wrote up a whole piece on how the dairy industry is changing. And listen, our, our logo is a cow, right? That's what, I mean, farm stores, that's what we are. We're, you know, milk, bread, eggs. And the dairy industry in the United States is really being revolutionized right now and, and not in a sort of voluntary and happy way but more in a, a necessity way. As you see supply chains uh, realigning in the United States, you're, you're going into a, uh, an era now where you're not going to be able to get um, um, fresh uh, milk in, in gallons and half gallons in your little stores anymore because the distribution chains are really cranking down hard on efficiencies uh, as we go into this recession and everybody's, you know, all the, like you were saying, all the CFOs are really looking at the numbers and saying what makes sense and what doesn't make sense. And just like we're looking at our SKUs and trying to rationalize everything that we're doing, the distributors are doing the exact same thing. And for a lot of these distributors, you know, that fresh milk, which is highly perishable, requires special handling, it's heavy, there's not a lot of margin in it, they don't want to handle it. And that's going to squeeze out a lot of little guys. Right. Luckily, right. we've got the volume that we can, you know, stay in those supply chains. But you're going to see radical transformations coming into the supply chains 
um, there and in a few other categories in the next couple of years. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, and as you said earlier, being part of a brand and a team that's always keeping an eye on exactly, you know, how do we stay a couple steps ahead is where you want to be. Um, you know, but the, the, you, you, when you were talking a little earlier, I was thinking of cheesesteaks in Philly, you know, having a, <laughs> a drive through cheesesteak, it would prime time, that would work, that would work, or soft pretzels, uh, things like that. But anything that's unique, uh, I think that's what you have to hang your hat on in the staples, you know, they'll be there as best they can be. Um, obviously, things will change for all of us, I think, you know, those are the changes we don't necessarily have a vote in uh, right away, uh, we have to respond to. Uh, over time. But I, you know, as I said, you guys are well positioned uh, to be unique and uh, allow your franchisees to, uh, to really kind of decide how to position themselves in, in that way in their community. Um, with that being said, you know, we call this franchise marketing radio. Tell me a little bit about like when you do launch your farm stores, what do you think it is? And, and where does, where does digital fit in these days with, uh, with the convenience operation like yours that's community-based obviously i was thinking location 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 um obviously the traditional ways but with google um you know obviously people use their mobile to find things want to know where things are how much do you see this concept being reliant on digital channels so uh, I, 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 I are there any concepts that don't rely on digital channels anymore uh, yeah you know. well that's it, it seems like that right but but yeah. with with your store it almost seems like everybody in the in the town would know where it was also right yeah or at least yeah. eventually yeah <laughs> so. and, and you know one of the things going back to one of the one of the things i said earlier is you know as, as we got into franchising we got into this and we you know we we here had all grown up on farm shores right uh literally uh and then there's nobody that doesn't work in this office that works in this office that doesn't have fond memories of growing up and, you know, going with mom to the farm stores in a station wagon and getting some donuts and, and ice cream and, and snacks and stuff. Um, as we go into new markets, that's all well and good here in Florida. As we go into new markets, the biggest challenge is educating consumers as to just what's in that cool little box, that little drive through box. What, what do you guys sell in there? Um, no doubt Google my business, you know, Google Maps, uh, Yelp on the Apple side and other things like that. Plugging into those, getting your SEO links going from the website. We, we, you know, we've got stuff on the back end of the website that really isn't even meant to see the the, the public because you know public's not going to go to our website uh, on some of this stuff. They're going to use Google and other things, and you know we provide those assets on the back end of the website really to feed out the links and and help Google and Yelp and everybody else uh, on the front end. Um, you know, when it comes to digital, obviously social media is a huge one nowadays. Our primary customers are young families, you know, and, and uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, some of the uh, influencers on some other uh, platforms are uh, critical. Um, but going back to your point on the, on the, the non-digital stuff, um, there's, you know, direct mail, getting those menus out into the homes, everybody in the neighborhood, because you know, we may focus on young families and, and, and that sort of demographic, but really there's something in that store for everybody and we're the most convenient place to go. Um, there's also that community outreach. I'm glad you mentioned it because we do preach that very, very heavily with our franchisees. Get out, knock on doors, establish communication with, you know, relationships with the schools, with the churches, 
uh, every sort of community center that's within a couple of miles of the store, reach out to them. We've got like these little coins that we say that we print up for them and give them and say, go out and, you know, offer a, a promotion at your store. Uh, give it to the teachers to give out to their kids as rewards. You know, they can come by and get a free snack at the store. Um, you know, getting out there into the community because at heart, that's really what it is. These are, these are uh, not some cold chain of, of, of stores uh, that are the same everywhere you go. We really want them to be community-based neighborhood markets and individually owned. Why we want those franchisees to be the leaders of the brand in their market. Yeah, it reminds me of the the idea of just the warmth that goes with you know a home cooked meal, right? Versus going out and just you know buying fast food. Um, you know, it's the idea that the the owner of the the farm store uh, can can be kind of a known person in the community. It is a place where people know where it is, right? Uh, yes, for people out of town or new people, they could find it on Google. Um, and, but amazingly enough, it is about being unique and, and having some quality to it that's fresh and it's homemade and it's good and it's maybe unique to our area. Like I said, with cheesesteaks, don't know if that would work, but maybe. Um, but yeah, I mean, to me, that is, that is a unique business model because the person owning that, that's part of it, right? And I would suppose that the more, uh, the more loyalty can be built, the more people want to make an effort to do business there and just, you know, make sure they're stopping in a few times a week, right. To do what they need uh, out of the convenience is obviously part of it. Uh, what, what about technology? Like some of the, uh, the, the, the apps that do the food deliveries, what, what, does that impact farm stores or is there, are people coming there to, I know it sounds ridiculous, but do people come through the drive-thrus and go deliver it to someone else or. Oh yeah. Those, oh yeah. The, the Uber Eats and DoorDash and Postmates. Yeah. Right. How's that impacting? Right? Oh, it's actually been great for us. Um, you know, one of the great things about it is is extends the reach of the store, right? Further out uh, than the immediate trade area, right? So if you say, you know, maybe the 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 customer base for that um, any given retailer really is going to be, you know, within X radius and people that are willing to get in their car and go there, and we're the most convenient option for them in that regard. But there's also a huge market of people that aren't willing, to, you know, necessarily to get in the car and they just want to have the stuff brought to them. So the delivery services love us. Uh, we've been working with Uber Eats and Postmates and these guys for several years. It's been great. Um, we've also developed, obviously, so, you know, like everybody else, we've got a mobile app. Uh, people can pre-order um, on the app. Um, but the, the thing that shocks people is we actually don't get a lot of pre-ordering because the whole point of our store is to just pull up, ask for what you want, get it and go. Right. And if, and if, if, if you start putting, uh, too much thought into the pre-ordering part, you're actually adding friction to the transaction. And now we do, of course, have it. We offer it to everybody. Everybody's welcome to use it. And you will see it, um, used a lot by people that really know exactly what they want and they just need to pop over there with the absolute minimum amount of time. Uh, but the great thing about the app is it's got the loyalty uh, program built into it. Um, that's actually bigger than the pre-ordering by a lot. Um, and then we're, we're playing around now with a concept we call Farm Stores to You, where, Rob, you remember when we were kids growing up, there's always the ice cream truck in the neighborhood coming around? 
Oh yeah, absolutely. We're, we're taking a concept like that and putting a, a farm source van out into some neighborhoods. The idea here being, again, to extend the reach of that store and having it be in a way where people can look on the app and see where the van is, see if it's in their neighborhood and see if it's available to pop over from a few blocks away and deliver to the house out of an existing inventory that's in the van already. Not, not, not you know, uh, an order that got built at the store. So obviously it's going to be a, a limited menu it's focused on, you know, the, the high demand products. Um, so if you just need, you know, that milk or that sliced bread or some ice cream or, or some of the fresh stuff, you know, and you know what it is, well, you can just pop it up on the map and say, Hey, on the, on the uh, app, sorry. And say, Oh, look, the, the, the van's a mile away. Maybe they'll pop over for a second. And, and so we're really, uh, putting a lot of effort on that and testing that out. Oh, wow. I, I was just thinking as you're talking that if you can make a convenience store concept fun, I think you guys are doing that, especially for people like, like I said earlier, if you're a community person who likes to be around in the community, right? You, you've got all these extra ideas that can do that. I love right. that. Oh, yeah. I think I don't think there's as a child, I mean, growing up in the neighborhoods, you know, growing up where we were, and I'm sure it was very similar, just, you know, from, from, from my, uh, from growing up and talking to people like you is, you know, it was one of the most exciting times of the day. Yeah, we'd hear the music play. So we actually we were took, running uh, to go get the money from mom yeah, or dad, right? Yeah. We actually put a speaker on the van that with a big moo that comes out like the cow moo. And, there you uh, go. There you go. Lots of fun. Good. Yeah, and you can drive it over to the soccer, uh, you know, soccer field on the weekends and stuff. Or if there's an event, you can show up and hit that button. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Well, listen, you know, uh, as we approach the end of the show, one thing I like to do is ask you if, if there's anything you want to leave the audience with. You've shared so much today, but is there anything that you kind of guide yourself by as a VP of business development or any, any type of advice or magic bullet that you, you would want to share with the audience? Uh, for, for people looking to get in franchising, I think it's important that, um, you know, they, they, they really educate themselves going into it as they're looking at different franchises. And it's not just about looking at the numbers, although obviously that's very, very important, right? I mean, what I heard the other day that there might be 5,000 franchise brands in the country now, which is just an astronomical number when you think about it. So if you're, you know, typical person looking to get into business for yourself, obviously franchising is, is going to be one of the first things you're going to think of because it makes the most sense. And, but now you're, you're faced with this daunting task of saying, well, how do I sift through 5,000 different brands and, and figure out what I want to do? And I, I tell people, you know, first of all, you want to kind of break it out into categories. Don't um, dismiss things that you don't know about yet. Uh, one of the other pieces of advice I give people is don't necessarily do what you love, do something that you think that you might enjoy if you're successful at it, because the franchise war is going to be there to help you make, you know, get you successful. And trust me, nothing builds passion like success, right? It doesn't matter, you know, what it is. The best instance I give people is, you know, if you love music, that doesn't mean you're going to be good at having a music school for kids, right? If you're going to have That's a music, right. music school for kids, you better love kids first and foremost. The music can kind of come second, right? Um, and go through your, you know, go through your discovery, make sure you contact the franchisees, uh, use that FDD the way that it's meant to be used and do your homework and, and put in the legwork. This is a, this is a huge decision, a life altering decision for most people. 
And uh, you really got to do your due diligence without getting stuck in analysis paralysis, right? Get to know the people, get to know the company, get to know the franchisees, and then go for it. Uh, you know, franchising is, to me, no doubt, um, absolutely the right path for most people uh, that aren't just born entrepreneurs. Yeah, agreed. Um, I think that's why I do this, because <laughs> I love to talk about the different opportunities. As you said, it, there is an expl explosion of brands, lots of new services for the, for the world at large and uh, products coming through and franchising leading the way with a lot of innovation uh, in terms of business models and ways to serve the public. So it's great to see, but you're right, it does take some focus. And I love what you said. I think that you're right. Success kind of does, you know, I mean, it does feel good, right? There's a lot of things you'd feel good if, if it went well. And franchising really helps uh, when you start a business, whatever that model might be, to make that happen. So that's great input. Victor, I appreciate you. I appreciate your time today. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Victor A., thank you very much for being here with us. Thank you, Rob. Great to be here. You got it. You got it. And I just also want to take a minute to thank the audience. And once again, my sponsor, uh, I, IDS, you can reach them at idigitalstrategies.com if you want to learn more about them. And uh, Victor, before we let you go, is there a website that folks could take a look and learn a little bit more about farm stores? Sure, of course. Farmstores.com. Don't forget the S. Farmstores.com. Nice and easy. Appreciate you. Thank you very much.